What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Taz. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Look, y'all, if you're going to kill for money, at least make sure it's a good bit of money. Our players this week are Jose Marquez, victim number one, Kenneth Reddick, victim number two, Kelvin Armstrong, victim number three, Aisha Epps, victim number four, and Caroline Peoples and Angela Ford Wright, our murderess. Caroline Peoples was born in Chicago, Illinois, and lived on 70th and East End, uh, which was considered the red zone by the police because of the high murder rate. Her dad was in prison and her mom worked two jobs. And when she wasn't at work, she was spending her time with the liquor bottle. I saw something that she wrote and she said that she had a lot of free time. And she also noted that kids really enjoy free time when they're not old enough to use it wisely, which I thought was true. And then she met this nigga named Pete. Now, Pete was a GD. They don't let the GDs in the door. He could tell that she was very observant and she lived about 50 feet from school. But in the same thing that she wrote, she noted that 50 feet from school is a long walk when everybody's getting robbed, getting jumped, drugs is slanging, money is going every which way. But she started hanging out with Pete and Pete and the other GDs, they started knowing her as a little sis around the block. She had a little name for herself or whatever. Um... They would they would have her hold it hold their guns put your gun, put their guns in her book bag or in their back pocket you know a little petty petty shit petty little hold this for us because ain't nobody gonna stop a girl so one day she's on the block chilling and smoking with Pete and Caroline is like uh, I need to go around down the street and I need to go pee real quick you know Pete's like all right cool stays where he where she left him and he's been drinking he's been smoking next thing you know a shootout happens between him and some niggas and pete gets shot in the head caroline runs down the street she puts her hand over the wound in his head and she's screaming until he like dies in her arms and she like he's taken away and then she just walks home with her bloody clothes on takes them off gets in a tub tries to go to sleep so now so the person that is her big brother figure is gone. Her dad is in prison, so he's gone. Mom be at work all the time. Basically, she's gone. And the men that mom be having in and out the house, including their stepdad that they had for a little while, and the stepdad was raping her and her sister. And now these other boyfriends that her mom has don't even want the kids and wishing that her and her sister was gone. When she was 13, she came home late one day while her mom was at work and her mom's boyfriend pulled a gun out on her talking about some, if you can't be here on time, then don't come back at all. That's a lot at 13. That's a whole, That's whole a lot. That's a whole lot. Like you pulling, what? She literally pushed past them and said, whatever, went to her room, packed the bag and left. Went to a crackhead's apartment and paid her $20 to sleep on the couch. She repeated this for months and then moved in with her sister when she was 14 and her sister was 19. Things were going good for a while until her sister started smoking crack. So she went back chilling with the GDs and she decided she was going to join and get jumped in. Meaning they beat your ass for two minutes and you had to fight back and not hit the floor. And also she needed to know her literature, you know, her lit. These are the rules, regulations, and codes of the game, right? Caroline dressed like a nigga. She wore J's and a bull's jacket. And she, she, she was one of the niggas, you know? And then one day she started hanging out with this girl, and the girl was the stepdaughters of one of the niggas on the block. 
this girl taught Caroline how to dress like a girl, and the two started messing around. So she thinking, you know, this her girl, you know. One day they go into this restaurant, and some dudes scoop Caroline up and say, let's go. And Caroline knew well enough to go without question. So now she's staying with this dude in his lush apartment right outside the city because once you get a name for yourself and, like, you up in the ranks, you get a place outside the city and just drive in into the city to do your dirty work and you head back out to your peaceful life. And I mean, Right, right. She later finds out that old girl who was helping her dress all nice and get cute sold her to the nigga who scooped her up at the restaurant. Things were going well, well, I mean, as well as they could. He was mentally, physically, and emotionally abusive to her, but she was riding a nice car. She was getting everything she wanted. And she was touching a lot of money. She was helping with drug exchanges. She was issuing money. She was doing all of that. She was really helping work the business or whatever. Then one day, old dude gets caught up with conspiracy charges and he goes down to prison. So now she is left homeless with nowhere to go in the freezing Chicago streets and pregnant. You can't have all your eggs in one basket. Don't pin on no nigga for nothing. So... She finds herself in the arms of another guy that is, again, physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive. So, Caroline, of course, was down her down on her luck, but that was pretty common for everybody in the streets of Chicago, you know? And someone else that was having a hard time was her cousin, Angela Ford Wright. Now, some may say that Angela was doing a little bit better than her cousin because Caroline... Oh, a little bit better than her cousin, Caroline, because she had a job as a receptionist at Wu Medical Center, which I don't know because you can get a job as a receptionist without a high school diploma. And, mo- and I don't know if Angel graduated high school, but an interesting fact about Caroline is even though all this shit was going on, she was still going to school around like 13 and 14. But then she went and took the, she went and took the as the GD and it took the as was about to go to the Navy or whatever. But there was something that happened. I don't remember. She writes about it in her blog, and I'm sure everybody's going to go read her blog after this. So she writes about exactly what happens in her blog, but she wanted to go to the Navy, and it ended up not happening. But it, but she still got that shit on her own, like, bad choices. That'll do it every time. <laughs> so, yeah, Angel was working as a receptionist at Wu Medical Center, but one thing she did have in her was a little finesse. So there was this patient that came by all the time. His name was Jose. And he would come by, you know, just to say hey, just to come and flirt. Sometimes he'd bring her lunch. Sometimes he'd bring her lunch money. Um, And he said that, you know, the month before, well, he was about to get surgery. He got surgery on his leg. And he asked Angel to come by and help take, help take care of him while he recovered. While they were hanging out, he tells Angel that he wants to marry her. Not just wants to marry her, but needs to marry her so that he can stay in the country on some like 90 day fiance type shit. And he says, this is what I'll do for you. He says, after we get married, you know, once we're married, I give you $5,000. But till then, for coming to help me out and promising to do so, I will give you some money out of every single one of my checks. And I will put your kids on my insurance. Sounds like a deal to me. 
So she's like, all right, bet. Well, it came a time that Jose did not pay Angel her pay period money that was owed. And she had a sneaking suspicion that he could afford to pay her more money than he was. So she was like, hey, Jose, (laughs) my cousin over here, you know, we be, you know, turning tricks. You know, we do what we do. (laughs) How about you pay us for some good loving for a night of uh, for a night you won't forget? And he's like, uh, absolutely. Hell the fuck yes. So they're there and they're hanging out and Caroline goes in the kitchen to get some coffee. And so she gets some coffee and she's turned back into the living room. And what she sees is Angel ask Jose to change the TV. He turns his head to change the TV. She pulls out a gun and shoots him in the back of the head execution style. Caroline did not even know her cousin was sitting there packing, but they sprung into action and Angel took some cash and she took a black case that had some cash. The court tech said that it had cash and other things. I don't know what other things were other than they also got an ATM card and Angel tried to go to the ATM machine and get money out, but did not know his pin. So she didn't get far with that. Um... And then she and Caroline ran away. How you gonna steal somebody's thing and you don't have the ATM pin number? Listen, I'm sorry because that's information you need before you offer nigga. And it sounded like if you if you if you was about to marry him, you could have you could have played this a little bit longer. What that nigga yes. slip up once in a now you want done us. Once upon a time, Angel dated this guy named Kenneth Reddick, right? And they weren't dated anymore, but Kenneth would still pay Angel for sex from time to time. <laughs> were you dating him or were you working for him because <laughs> I'd be damned if I pay an ex for sex even you know, if that I is did. a job I'm, you know I'd have had this pussy for free and you think I'm about to pay for pay it now for it? it better yeah. have been the best you hear me <laughs> so the cousins knew that he had a place of his own his own car and they thought they could make some money off of him because Angel said that he had a lot of money and Angel knew where he kept it so they're like Oh, you want to have a threesome? And he's like, hell yeah. So the ladies go over on June 1st, 2004. And he's ready for the time of his life. Before they go over, Angel's like, look, if we rob this nigga, we're going to have to kill him. Because, you know, you, me, and everybody we know, all right? He could make some real trouble for us. They agree. They go over. He makes the drinks for the ladies. You know, he's setting the mood. No, the cousins, they start playing music real loud, you know? Like, it, it's a vibe going on. Or so he thought, right? So, oh, so then he's like, uh, how about y'all, you know, strip for me? So they like, I, right, you know, they start taking off their clothes or whatever. They undressing him. He like, oh, this this shit right here, boy. So then Caroline is like, oh, you should bend Angel over and give her a spanking. He was like, hell yeah. So he bent her over and he starts spanking her, right? So while he's distracted, smacking her on the ass, Caroline goes over to her jacket, pulls out the gun, and shoots him in the back of the head. Caroline laid testifies later in court that she came up with the spanking bit so that she did not accidentally shoot her cousin good look caroline good look i mean she gotta make sure angel goes into kenneth's room and realizes the big money is not there so they started rummaging through his home they stole some money his cell phone and his dvd player and they leave they're like damn we hardly got anything off this lick it's not a lick this is a murder right you know what i was reading and they said it said 
they took the DVD and some other stuff. They were taking anything. They were taking anything they felt like they might have left fingerprints on. Right. <laughs> so it was a bunch of random shit, but they was like, "Well, you're not leaving no evidence here. Take all of that." So yeah, they go back to Kenneth's face and they steal his um white Jeep Cherokee. Angel and her current boyfriend Antonio, aka Tony, hit up their homegirl Davia, Dava. Diva, Diava, Lutz, and told her <laughs> and told her that they needed to sell um they needed the Jeep sold for Angel's mother. Davis sells the Jeep to a guy named Michael who bought it for a thousand dollars. And Davis spent a thousand with Angel five hundred, five hundred. Hell no. Bro you get bro. like a ten percent commission fee at best. Bro. And you can run me the rest of our money back. Bro. Do you know I want a Jeep Cherokee so badly? Do like you? that is that is I want a Jeep so badly. Yes, I just want to ride. Uh, but a Jeep Cherokee. Most people who want a Jeep want the Wrangler. I want a Jeep. No matter what it is. But if somebody was selling a Jeep Cherokee for a thousand bucks, do you know I would be on that shit so I would be on that shit so quick. I would just not pay my rent that month. And be like, so I got a car for a thousand dollars. How you like me now? I would just have to get that. <laughs> that's you gonna pay a thousand dollars and that shit not that's... gonna run. <laughs> I have to get that shit to the police. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall's body was found around ten a.m. the next day, June second. So, on the early morning of June 18, 2004, Angel had her uncle's van and picks Carolina up from her, from her babysitter's house. Don't know how we got there. So, the two girls are riding around looking for somebody to rob. And they, and they see this guy leaving the currency exchange place. You know, like, probably going to cash a check where they go down to get cash their social security and they see a man named kevin kelvin armstrong leaving and putting money in his socks so they're like see and that's another nigga that you know if you cash in your checks you don't have a bank account to mean something is funny with your money somewhere you know what i mean but also like they were able to see him put his money in his sock like you gotta do that shit inside facts don't let nobody know how much dough you hold yeah, you can't do that shit out open. You don't know who eyes are on you. So Angel is like, all right, bet, bingo. She, Angel gives Caroline the gun and tells Caroline to get in the back of the back of the van. And she's like, you know, wait till you, I'm a, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna, you know, be like, hey, you want some of this, you know? And when the van stop, pop him in the back. And so Caroline is like, bet. So Angel pulls up and she's like, sup, baby, take me out to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. She solicits herself to him. And he's like, got a little extra money in my pocket, some head and a ride home. Don't sound bad. So he's like, why not? He gets in the car and she starts talking about prices and they agree and so they're just chit-chatting for a little while. Angel's going to find his place to park. She pulls up, and then finally Caroline hears the car, or feels the car, come to a stop. Car comes to the stop. Kelvin is still just chatting away, having a good, you know, having a having a good evening. She pulls the gun up behind him and pops him in the back of the head, execution style. They put a garbage bag over his head because he was bleeding so much in her uncle's van. And then they dropped the body off behind the bowling alley on 75th Street. 
They took the money from his sock and they split it. It was $200. So both of them got $100 each. And then they went to the car wash. The His body was found on June 18th at 5 a.m. Well, that brings us to Aisha Epps. Aisha had been over to her friend Antoinette Bell's home until about 1 a.m. on July 1st. Antoinette's cousin Parnell Gomier and her friend Latanya Harris were over to the house. Um, were over to her house as well. Antoinette and Parnell heard Aisha on the phone asking somebody to come pick her up. And Parnell says that he saw Aisha get into a car at approximately 12:15 a.m. It was an older four-door yellow car with dents and a vinyl top. And there were possibly four males, but he couldn't see for sure or make out the faces of the people in the car. Latanya says Aisha left Antoinette's house about run 20-ish, but that she was headed to Kyle's house, right? Who's Kyle? Just wait. It's good. <laughs> okay. Said that she's headed to Kyle's house, right? Okay. So Angel and Caroline, they plan to do a little... um. A little jug or whatever. They was like, we're going to pose as some prostitutes. We're going to look for a John to rob. But as they was waiting, they called Aisha, who was a former friend of Caroline. And they went and they scooped Aisha up and drove her to a White Castle over on um, South Shore Drive. Aisha enters the restaurant and the women start discussing about how they're going to rob her. So when Aisha returned to the car... Caroline shoots Aisha in the face. First of all, it's a whole lot of shooting in the face. These niggas is savage. Right. Like, <sighs> savage. Well, this is the, this seems like the first time that they actually, like, in the head from front. Everybody else was in the back. It's all headshots. Like, that's why everybody was one. That's what the medical, I know we're, ju- that's jumping, but that's what the medical examiner said. Everybody was one gunshot wound to the head. <laughs> Except for this one, because Angel heard uh, Aisha moaning and was like, you, you finish her off and shot her in the back of the head. So they take a small change purse and a set of keys off of Aisha, right? So there's this lady, Dorothy Harris, and she lives like adjacent to this alley on South Shore, which is where the White Castle was at, right? And she says around 525 on July 1st, 525 in the morning, that is. She sees Aisha's body laying on the ground with blood coming out of her head. Cops are called. They start doing a little investigation and shit. And they're trying to track Aisha's last day. Seeing, you know, who who knew her and who spoke, who spoke to her last, right? <clears throat> they talked to Dorothy and she said she saw the body on her way out the house that morning. And the next the cops speak to Christopher Snelling, who also lives along that alley where Aisha was found. Christopher says that he got home around 1 a.m. and he didn't see anything unusual in the alley. He said he stayed up until 2 and he also did not hear anything unusual going around at the time. Then they spoke to Brian Heath. Brian had known Aisha for several years and spoke to her earlier the previous afternoon on June 30th. He said that they made plans to go out that evening, but he later canceled those plans and received a joking text message from her around 8.13 p.m. and that was the last time he spoke with her they asked you know who else might they need to talk to and he said that Aisha had a relationship with someone named Manning and a good friend named Cal Marcus Thompson somebody else who knew Aisha said that he had been with he had also been with her the night before and that he saw that she received two phone calls from Cal at approximately 10 30 p.m. right so they get the address for Cal and they go over to the house. Don't get an answer. They go and they talk to the building manager 
and they find out that Kyle is Caroline Peoples. Mm. Girl, I did not know where you were going with this. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And I was getting really I was <laughs> You was like, this has changed the entire story. <laughs> I... <laughs> we everybody thinks we... we usually research everything together, y'all. This... <laughs> that's how she was shocked in the... oh man, they might that's she was shocked about something in the beginning and I was shocked about this. Okay. Tell me something. All right, keep going. This week's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Counseling Services. Y'all, we are always discussing mental health on the show, and with BetterHelp, you can take control of your mental health with a licensed, trained, and experienced therapist. And here's the best part. When you sign up for BetterHelp, you can tell them exactly what you're looking for in a counselor. So you can say, hey, I want a black female therapist, and they will find you the perfect match. All this without the high cost of in-person therapy and financial aid is available. Go to BetterHelp.com slash SistersWhoKill to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash SistersWhoKill. Take charge of your mental health and show support for the show. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, so Kyle is Caroline, right? So the apartment manager lets the cots in the Caroline's home, and they see, like, she's actually not there, and that's why she didn't open the door, right? So they're about to leave, and or they do leave, and they're on the road, and they get a call from Latanya. And Latanya's like, listen... I got Caroline, and we headed over to her apartment. So the cops turned that bad boy around, and they pull up, right? So they said they arrived at the apartment around 6.15 p.m., and they see Caroline standing outside with a woman named Antonia. Cops ask Caroline to get in the car, and she does. And Caroline proceeds to tell them she that she had spoke with Aisha around 11.15 that previous night on June 30th. And that Aisha said that her friend could drive her to where Caroline was at the time. Caroline also said that she stayed at Antonia's apartment the night of the murder and that she had been there all evening except for when she left briefly to buy cigarettes. The cops go and talk to Antonia who said that she was Caroline's babysitter and that Caroline had been home with her all day June 30th but had left between 10.30 and 11.30 p.m. When when Antonia went to bed at approximately 1.30 a.m., Caroline had not yet returned. When Antonio woke at 8 a.m. July 1st, Caroline was asleep on the floor. So the cops are like, listen, I think we need you to come down to the police station. And Caroline's like, okay, I'll go. Um, They pull up to the police station around 7.20. And this is when Caroline tells, uh, <laughs> Caroline starts talking. She says on June 30th, she was at Antonio's apartment and they called Lil Man and arranged to meet. She left the apartment at 11 p.m. and Antonia was asleep. So she says she was out in the car getting high with little man and she returned to the uh, apartment and got high with Antonia. So the cops break for a minute and they come back and they're like, listen, you've got inconsistencies in your story. What you telling us now don't match what you told us 20 minutes ago. Don't match what you told us when we pulled up at your apartment. So we're gonna have to get some things cleared up. So Caroline's like, all right, I lied. I know who Aisha left with that night, but I don't want to tell y'all because I really just ain't want to get involved. And then she continues to retell the story of that night. She says on June 30th, she and her cousin picked up Aisha from Antoinette's house at approximately 11.30 p.m. They eventually went to Angel's house and had a few drinks. And throughout the evening, Angel and Aisha were giving each other little digs. 
This made Caroline uncomfortable, so after a while, she asked Angel to take her home. Angel, Caroline, and Aisha got into a cream-colored car driven by Anthony, Angel's boyfriend. Caroline said she was then dropped off at her house, and that was the last time that she had saw or heard from Aisha. Okay, so the next day, Latanya told Caroline that Aisha was dead, and Caroline's first thought was, man, Angel and Anthony did that shit. <laughs> the way she threw her cousin under the bus right there. So then Caroline tells the detectives that several weeks earlier, Angel had told her that Anthony killed a Mexican man a few weeks ago. Caroline said that two weeks after this, she and her cousin were driving down Phillips Street and Angel pointed at the house and was like, that's where the Mexican man lives. When Caroline, <laughs> when Caroline asked Angel how she knew the Mexican in that area, Angel responded that the Mexican <laughs> used to come into the Jose. doctor's office. <laughs> this is how she's telling the story to the cops. I know. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure the people knew. So then Caroline gives the detectives a description of her cousin and her cousin's boyfriend. As a result of this conversation, uh, the detectives start looking in the homicide files and they realize that that Jose Marquez from South Phillips Street, where she pointed or where she said the house was at, had been killed on May 23rd, 2004. Okay, several hours later, detectives brought Angel into the interview room with Caroline and was like, listen, y'all stories ain't matching and somebody better tell me something, damn it. And then Caroline tells Angel to tell the truth. To which Angel responds, I wasn't the only one there. I wasn't the only one killing people. So that evening, July 2nd, Caroline and her cousin Angel gave statements to Detective and the Assistant State Attorney about the murders of Jose, Kenneth, and Kelvin. The two cousins were, of course, arrested after that and got ready to go to trial. Caroline Peoples pleads guilty to all four first-degree murder charges, and she is handed a four. She is handed four natural life sentences for each murder. Angel Ford Wright decides to go to trial at defense counsel's request. Um, out of the four cases, the three that were involving the men and included the charges of armed robbery were joined into a single jury trial and the case involving Aisha was asked to go to a bench trial and so she got that um they made Caroline testify and she was under oath where she told the truth um and that she pled guilty and she kind of repeated the same thing she did in that initial interview that you know she tells the truth about everything happened and she pled guilty. And even though she is, she was not the only one there, you know, as far as evidence found, I guess they did an all right job with evidence, getting their shit with the random stuff that they were just getting out the house. But what they did forget was a cigarette, but at Jose's house with Caroline's DNA on it. So don't forget your cigarette butts, people. Oh, they also had a gun specialist come in and determine that all four bullets that were used in the murders were all, all came from the same gun. So really locked them in there. All right. At the close of Angel's trial, the prosecution was decided only to submit their argument for felony murder and armed robbery counts to the jury. 
The defense demanded that the child proceed on all counts, but the courts refused because it was like it's going to be a double jeopardy and they had to dismiss the other charges. It's like they were trying to charge her for like first degree murder and felony murder. And it was like, you can't charge her for the same murder twice. And maybe the defense was pushing for that so they could say that it was double jeopardy and get the case thrown out or 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 mistrial or some shit like that. The jury found Angel guilty of armed robbery and felony first degree murder for Kenneth, Calvin, and Jose. The trial court sentenced Angel to three consecutive terms of her natural life in prison. Then she took a brinch trial for Aisha and she was found guilty of armed robbery and first degree murder for her also. She tried to appeal, but you know, nine times out of ten, these don't work out in their favor, now do they? The court text said, and I quote, it was consolidated by this court. So there's that. Caroline took a plea to just serve life in prison. So they're both stuck there. So for the where are they now? Caroline has an inmate blog. And the last time that it was updated was in June of 2019. Um, and she said that she's working towards becoming an ordained minister. She's now at Florida Department of Corrections because she's there for life. They're just shifting uh, prisoners all around. Uh, her blog is actually really interesting. That's where we got all this, a lot of the earlier parts of the story, so definitely check that out. Um, it definitely she, seems like she's got a lot of story to tell. Yes. And somebody, com- you know, people be commenting on there that actually know them. And so one girl was like, um, what the fuck she say? You always said you want to be a writer. I'm so happy to see that you're doing it. So it's, it's kind of. I'm about to probably working follow, out for her. Mm-hmm, I'm probably about to follow the uh, the blog on Twitter too. She used to have she used to have locks, but the pictures that you see, like her JPEG pictures now, are she has short hair because I guess when you go, to, she said when you go to Florida, they make you cut your locks off. I wonder why that is. Sounds racist to me. It sounds very racist. Do they make you cut it off upon entry? Like. Can you grow them there? I don't know. But I'm guessing she was in Illinois and then she went, you know, they just ship you around, especially when you're serving life. You know, and she she writes a lot. I didn't think they would ship her all the way states away. They don't care about us. All I really know is that they don't really care about us. And I don't really know where Angel is. I couldn't find her. You think they're still in touch? They might not be allowed to. They might have to do it through, like, family. Yeah. I wonder if they're like first cousins or second cousins. You'd have to be my first cousin for me to do all this shit with you. Definitely. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. All right, y'all. It is time for... If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say. That today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need. Your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere where you're listening right now you can have your podcast there i promise for real and it's free and you can make some money off of your podcast for free free money free money is out there just go get it by starting your podcast today streaming october 6th on paramount plus first place i learned about death was a pet cemetery dead things buried in that land would come back there's something else something's wrong continue he needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something is talking through him. Sometimes dead 
is better. Pet Cemetery, Bloodline, Rated R, streaming only on Paramount Plus. Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I ain't do it, but if I did, I think they needed a little more degree of separation from the people they killed. Like, I think the first thing that cops do when they start investigating this is look for the connection to the victim. And y'all had one with every single one of them. Get random ass niggas. I mean, I mean, I guess not every single one of them. There was that nigga putting the shit in his sock, right? Kelvin, yeah. But, but I don't know. That goes to my, I didn't do it, but if I think I did. <laughs> if you're going to rob somebody, rob them. Why, why you got to kill them? Because they seen the face. If you alive, you can talk. that's what I'm saying you gotta have like a limit like I need to be I need to be making a significant amount of money to kill $200 like a significant and I'm gonna need to make sure like I've got you killed that nigga over $200 you ain't even got enough money to pay for a lawyer you gotta live with that like $200 in a in a bid like that's it well they did get that uh they did get that uh I was gonna say they got a thousand dollars for that jeep but they really only got five hundred. They really only got two. And you had to split five hundred. Like, come on. Yeah, they definitely got played on that deal. Ain't no way I'm gonna give you five hundred just for selling a damn car. Angel just savage like that, but Angel was still. with the shit. I mean, but with, with Jose, and I'm just like, hey, I didn't even know this is what we was doing. Now you got me in, and now I gotta keep going, right? I'm in it now. <laughs> Do you have to keep going? <laughs> Don't have to. No, you don't have to. But, like, <coughs> if you're not the snitching type, which Caroline was not the snitching type, so parole or no parole? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh-uh. And I, I, I really like Caroline's blog, and it seems like she's making, she's making use out of her life with what she got. But, yeah, you're going to have to make use in there. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're, just, you're a danger to society, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I can't, you know? <laughs> You'll take anybody. <laughs> and it don't take much. And that right there is the problem, is that it don't take much. And it's, she's she mentions in her blog, like, um, you know, she's still being punished for the person that she was. It's not who she is now. And I get that because, like, I'm not the same person. That's Boy. what, almost, all, what, 2019, 18, 18 years ago? Yeah. Like if you still the same I am person, not the same person I was five fucking right. So I get it, but like choices we make, mistakes have consequences. Choices have consequences, and that's the one you get. I get it. I get change. I get growth, and I hope. That, and you have to have that. And hopefully, she's figuring out a way to. It seems like she's trying to figure out a way to encourage other people that are there. And at the end of the day, you just gonna have to try to do good to from from where you at. I wonder though, like yeah. when you down, all, only way out is up. Yeah, I just feel like that's the thing. It's like she was down, right? And, you know, from the blogs, it seems like she had a pretty hard life. And, like, you, you joining gangs so you can have a place to sleep at night. You know what I'm saying? You you, you selling yourself and you, you fine with it because niggas is taking care of you. Like, housing you and feeding you and you don't have to worry about that. And so it's like she grew up in these circumstances where she had to get it how she lived, you know? And I think now that she's older, she was also very young. She left the house at, what, 13, 14? She's very young, making these decisions, trying to get out how she lives and take care of herself. And I think at that age, when you, you have to make those no choices, better. you got to feel kind of hopeless, right? And so when you're hopeless out there, not giving a fuck about your life, how you going to give a fuck about somebody else's life? You know what I mean? Now you're older. 
a little wiser and it probably is she probably wouldn't do that shit to this day but i don't know i hope that everybody that we talk about is making a life for themselves within the prison walls because you know the prison system is still trash and she talks about that a little bit in her blog about how she working all day for nothing but here's the thing if there's a way for you to make it better in there then there's a way for you to make it a difference in the world it's just gotta be in there <laughs> I don't know. Like she, you touching people, man. Though, like maybe somebody will listen and be like, I might be down and out, but maybe somebody that only got a five year bid, she gets to talk to, and they go and make the world a better place. You know, you know. All right, that's the end of the show. You gonna wrap us up? Uh, get a review. Oh, we need a review. Now I don't know how to show it. This one is from Max underscore IE. Says I am a true crime junkie and lover of all things black women. So the fact that y'all combine both is chef's kiss. This one is from Hinpure. Says yes, so good. <laughs> These cases, the content and the commentary, a thousand out of a hundred. The how I would have done it is my favorite part. It's a lot that people they love that part. We were so nervous about putting that in the show. We was like, how are they going to take it? Y'all have so many opinions like, for us. We we were we were worried about how to approach that, but seems to be a hit. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with what works. All right, y'all. If you want to hang out with us, if you want to contact with us, you can email us at sisters who kill podcast at gmail dot com. You can follow us on Instagram at sisters who kill pod. You can follow us on Twitter at sisters who kill. You can join the discussion groups if you answer all questions, and you can leave us a voice memo on Anchor. You can leave us a voice memo just saying hi. You can leave us a voice memo saying I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. And you might hear yours on the show. Friend, you got anything else? You can also email the voice memo if you'd like. But nothing else after that. Talk to us. We talk back. Uh, bye.